0: Well, Good morning. I hate to break up all the good conversation. Happy New Year. Let's try that again. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right. Sounds better. Sounds good. We're glad that you're here. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist. If you are with us this morning for the first time, we have a section in our bulletin that you can tear off and put some more information about yourself and your family there and place that in the offering plate as it comes by a little later in the service. But we are glad that you are here on this cool, rainy New Year's Day I want you to do something with me this morning if you can look to someone around you and say congratulations go ahead okay now now tell them this you have perfect attendance for 2017 now look back at them and say keep it up Also, just as I begin to close today, I have it light today. Um, I, we welcome Alan Newcomb to the pulpit this morning. Today, Alan celebrates a year anniversary here at Boiling Springs. He began at twelve a.m. 2016 with here in this room at a lock-in last <laughs> last year. As Wesley and Alan were kind of passing the baton, or as Wesley was passing it to Alan, but uh, he—it's been a year, but he's found his way to the pulpit this morning to preach. So I'm excited about that. Alan has begun his studies at Garden of Divinity School, and we're glad to have him here on staff at Boiling Springs Baptist. So welcome. I'm reading Psalms
1: 145, 13 through 18. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth.
2: I thought we would start the new year outright by singing Alleluia, Sing to Jesus. Though the text may not be familiar to you, I know that the meaning of the words is very personal and you can feel it in your heart. I also know that you're familiar with the tune. So you should be able to sing out with joy on this first Sunday of the new year. So please stand and join me in singing Alleluia, Sing to Jesus. The words are in your order of service as well as on the screen. Seated. Children,
3: just pretend that it is not quite New Year. And I know James wants a John Deere green, so I'm going to let him have John Deere green. And I will take a red one. How about that? All right, ring it as hard as you can, James. Can you ring it like a cowbell? There you go. All right, then hold it tight. Now, that's what we should have done tonight. last night at midnight. Did you stay up?
4: Yeah.
3: You did. And you're still up now. And why not in Bushdale? Well, Miss Ellen didn't, I can tell you. All right. Our bell, what makes it ring? What makes the bell ring? Is there something inside there that makes the bell ring? There's a ball in there, isn't there, Maggie? Well, we're sort of like a bell. Did you know that? There's a ball, sort of like that, inside of us, and it's Jesus. And Jesus makes us ring. Jesus is in our heart, he's in our thoughts, and hopefully he's in our prayers every day. So he makes us ring. Now, we don't ring like a bell, but we do ring. When you walk down the hall to school and you smile at somebody, you ring. When you tell your mom and dad every day, I love you, mom, you're ringing. So as we ring in the new year, I want you to ring in Jesus in your life every day. So when you think about it, when you go back to school, or even on your way back down that aisle in just a few minutes... James, if you give your dad a big hug, you're ringing Jesus. You're letting your daddy know that you love love him. And Jesus is in your heart. And we need to remember every day to let Jesus ring. Say a little prayer. Read our Bible. Do a devotion. Smile at your friend. Tell somebody thank you. That's letting Jesus ring in your life every day. Can you and Maggie do that? I bet you can. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, as we begin this new year, as we have celebrated the magnificence of your birth, we need to say thank you. You have brought us through this year. We may have had ups and downs and ins and outs, good days and bad days. But today we begin a new year. And each day, Lord, we are going to try our best to let our bell ring, to let our faith show as childlike as we are, to smile, to say thank you to say, dear God, thank you for this day, for these children, for these families, for this church. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: just want to call to your attention a few of the prayer concerns that um, we want to share today i know there are many but i wanted to remind you that vicki whitfield had surgery on friday and she's still in the hospital there's a chance she may come home today but she still has some recovery time so i know you want to remember her and then our uh, most recent member i think or one of our most recent members um Ms. Presbytero, Presbytero, I'm not sure how she pronounces her last name. I think her first name is Charlene. Um, she is uh, nearing death, and so we want to remember her and keep her in our prayers. If you would, please go with me to God at this time. O oh God, whose commandments we would keep, whose community we would enjoy, and to whose service we would be loyal we pause before you as we cross the threshold of another year. For its open doors of possibilities and its hope of new beginnings, we give you thanks. We are especially grateful that the core of our faith is the message that life is a matter of becoming and that we can begin again. We confess that there is some of the year just passed that we would like to forget and erase words that hurt rather than helped, acts that we know were sinful. Some of these blots and stains we can remove by corrective action in the days to come, and we pray that we would have the desire and the strength to right those wrongs. But some of our mistakes are irreparable, and all we can do is sincerely ask your forgiveness while at the same time vowing not to repeat our errors of the past. We are thankful for the new page in our lives. May the entries we make on it be in harmony with your dream for us. And months from now, may we be more satisfied with this year's page than last year's. For it is a reasonable expectation that we should be better at the end of the year than we are at the beginning. May this be our goal, and may it be so. Amen. (laughs) Our next hymn, or song, is a song um, that has a Scottish melody. You may have heard the melody before, or you may not have, but the words are wonderful, and they're good words for the beginning of a new year, and uh, we'll be using this song kind of as our theme off and on during the spring and probably throughout the year. So today's a good day to start off learning a new song, and I know you can do it. Um, I'm going to ask... um, Roger, if he would play it all the way through, and then that way you can hear how it goes, and then we'll join in singing together at the first stanza. If you are able, please stand and join with me. Forget get that tune, we'll sing it again at the end of the service.
0: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessing of a new day. Thank you for the blessing of a new year, for the opportunity to come and worship and fellowship together. Please take these gifts and offerings now. Use them and use us to further your kingdom and do your will. These blessings we ask in your name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: John 6, 53 through 56 and 60 through 69. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? When, then what if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is, the, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the word of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. When
4: the angel's song is silent. we
5: morning. Happy New Year. I'm going to go ahead and warn you, as well as warn our wonderful volunteers in our sound booth, that I like to move around a lot. My family is here this morning, my wife is here this morning, and if you ask them, they would tell you that I have never sat down a day in my life. So I have this uh, lovely headset microphone, not because I am young and hip, but because (laughs) I plan to move around quite a bit. It is such an honor to be here this morning, to be speaking. I thank Keith and thank the staff and many others for giving me this opportunity. For those of you who may have not gotten a chance to know me, I am Alan Newcomb, I am the minister for youth here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. I graduated from Gardner-Webb University with my undergraduate degree in Youth Discipleship Studies back in May of 2016. I'm currently enrolled as a Divinity School student at Gardner-Webb University. I finished up my first semester and will begin my second semester at the end of January, but we will not talk about that this morning. My wife, Mary, is here with me. We have been married for a little over two years. Our anniversary was December 18th, along with half of the other church that's here this morning, and we are celebrating two years of marriage, and she is faithfully here with me and the youth group uh, just about every time that we meet. As I begin to speak this morning, uh, it is a common saying, you may have heard this before, that you ought to do everything that you want to do in the coming year on New Year's Day. I don't know if maybe that's something you've heard before. I hope that today your day is filled with things and activities and people that you hope to spend the new year with. So here are some things that I hope to do today on New Year's Day that I hope to do in the year ahead. First of all, I'm excited to be preaching this morning. Uh, Like I said, I'm excited to be here. I enjoy preaching. Uh, It's something that I like to do. If there's one thing that really connects me in my relationship with God, it's the opportunity to talk about what God has put on my heart. I hope this is not the last time and the last opportunity that I have the chance to do this this year. I'm excited to spend time with my family. Like I said, uh, my whole family is here today my parents, my sister, my brother and his wife, and my niece, my wife. Everyone's here. And so I look forward to getting to spend time with them today as I have this weekend. I look forward to eating a lot. That is something I do frequently, and I look forward to doing that in the new year as well. I'm looking forward to watching the Carolina Panthers play at one o'clock today. As sad as this season has been compared to last season, I still look forward to the opportunity to do that today and look forward to a new season once the fall rolls back around. Each year since Mary and I have been married, we have started a tradition that on New Year's Day we like to go out to eat to start off the new year right, and I look forward to that time this evening when we will be able to go out to eat to celebrate our new year of 2017. I bring this list to you not to just tell you what I'm going to do today, but to say that perhaps what I'm most excited about is to just be here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. As Keith mentioned this morning, today marks the one-year anniversary of my official start as minister for youth. I started on a New Year's lock-in. Mary and I have truly loved the past year of our lives in this church more than many of you will be able to understand. We are so appreciative of your love, of your hospitality, and for that we say thank you and we love you. It is truly an honor to be here and to be members and to be able to serve in this church. So, as I begin to speak what God has spoken on my heart this morning, would you join me in a word of prayer? Father, we come to you today with new expectations, with new hopes, with new desires for a new year. Father, we reflect on 2016 and the many things, both good and bad, that that brought us. We pray that the good would continue in this new year and that the bad would become less and less as we move into 2017. God, we thank you for waking us up this morning, for giving us new life for a new day, for a new a new year, a new season. I pray that you would be in this room this morning that your presence would be felt that we would be open, have open minds, open hearts, and open ears to hear your word that you would speak to us this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we ask these things, amen. So as we reflect on 2016, as I'm sure we all know, there's a new year. We leave 2016 behind us, and we move into 2017 with new expectations, new desires for a new year. How many of you have made New Year's resolutions already? Two, good. Two of you have. That's good. Yeah. All right. It's going to be a long morning. (laughs) Many people make New Year's resolutions, just not in this church. New Year's resolutions such as losing weight, exercising more, eating healthier working harder, having better relationships with family, with friends, being nicer, and the list could go on and on. (laughs) Others of you, about 99% of you, don't make official New Year's resolutions. (laughs) But even if you don't, I suspect that every one of us here today has at least some way that we would like to be different, or some ways that we hope to improve in 2017, Shortly after Christmas, as I began to uh, think about what to say this morning, God spoke to me and I thought of one New Year's resolution that I think each of us could strive for in 2017, and that is to become a better disciple of Jesus Christ. No matter how old or how spiritually mature a person is, every one of us has room to grow in our ability to follow Jesus. My challenge for myself, my challenge for each person here in this church is to more closely follow the model and example of Jesus Christ in 2017. So this morning, I want to talk about, as any good Baptist preacher would do, three practical ways in which each of us can be a better disciple of Christ in 2017. Number one is an absolute commitment. If you're a note taker, I would encourage you to write these down. There's scriptures that's going to go with each one of these. But the first one is absolute commitment. The scripture that I'm going to reference here is Acts 6 verse 8 through Acts 7 verse 59. When we talk about absolute commitment in terms of being able to follow Jesus more closely, There is perhaps no greater example found in the New Testament or maybe anywhere else of absolute commitment to following Christ than the story of Stephen found in the book of Acts. For those of you who may not know the story of Stephen or maybe you need a refresher course on the story of Stephen, allow me to uh, briefly recap that story. So it's at this point after Jesus' death that the first Christian church is beginning to be formed. Stephen is one of the seven people who is charged with the task of teaching the Word of God to the Greek speaking believers of Christ in order to spread the presence and knowledge of God throughout Jerusalem. Now, while Stephen is out doing this, he is accused of blaspheming God and he's ultimately arrested. Stephen is then brought forth before the Sanhedrin, before the High Council in Jerusalem. And it's at this point that Stephen is staring death in the face. He knows that the end of his days are coming. If you're there, I would invite you to follow along, but if not, that's fine. I would encourage you to listen. Stephen, and I want you to keep this in mind, I can't emphasize this enough, he is staring death in the face. And in Acts 7 verses 51 through 53, Stephen says these words. Now, before I get there, let me explain briefly. This is kind of Stephen's speech to the people of the Sanhedrin, and as he's about to die, these people are about to kill him. He looks at them in the face, face, and he says, all of these prophets that God has sent over time, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, King David, you haven't listened to any of them. You've refused him. You've rejected them. And then Jesus Christ, the greatest prophet of all, literally God in human form, came to earth. And what did you do? You put him to death. And then Stephen says these words in verse 51 through 53. He says, you stiff-necked people. Now, if you ever want someone to listen to what's about to come next, start it off by saying, you stiff-necked people. So he says in verse 51, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your fathers did not persecute they even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one, and now you have betrayed and murdered him, you who have received the law that was put into effect through angels, but have not obeyed it. Now as I'm sure you can imagine, the end of this story is not very pretty. There are these group of people who, who their plan is to kill Stephen anyway. And then he comes in front of him and he says, you stiff-necked people, you have continued to not listen to who God has sent. So the people get angry, they run at him, and they stone him. And Stephen is killed. He is literally killed and murdered for his faith in Jesus Christ. Now in 21st century America, it is very unlikely that any of us would face this level of persecution for following Jesus. However, I do think it is growing increasingly difficult to stay committed to following Jesus because of the culture and the society that we live in. Our culture continues to tell us to speak, to think, to believe, and to act a certain way that is often in contrast to following Jesus and how Jesus tells us to live. So if you and I are going to be more committed to following Jesus in 2017, if you're willing to make that commitment with me this morning, it's going to take absolute commitment no matter what the sacrifice may be. While following Jesus in 2017 in Boiling Springs, North Carolina, likely won't mean that you have to literally give up your life like Stephen did, it could mean that you have to give up the life that your friends, your family, your coworkers, your peers, your schoolmates, and the mass media tells you that you should live. Because often in our society, we are told to live one way and we have to choose to make the sacrifice to live in the way that Jesus called us to live instead. So in 2017, it includes an absolute commitment that will call for sacrifice. Dr. Seuss is someone that we have talked about in different circles in our church at different times, and I wanted to uh, say a quote that he is attributed with that I think fits in with this rather well. Dr. Seuss is attributed with a quote that says, Why fit in when you were born to stand out? So in 2017, as we make this absolute commitment to follow Jesus, why would we do what the world tells us to do when we were born to follow what Jesus calls us to do? So the first one, absolute commitment. The second one, acts of service. Acts of service. I'm going to reference James chapter 2 verses 14 through 26. James 2:14 through 26 for acts of service. An act of service for another person means having the right mindset that others' needs are more important than your own. Let me say that again because that's a lost mindset today. Acts of service for other people means that you put others' needs before your own. An important note about acts of service in the name of Jesus when it comes to better following Christ in 2017 is that this can happen on any level. See, there's often this idea that you know, we have to go on these long mission trips in different countries and in different parts of our world, and those are great things to do. Missions and acts of service can happen on an inter- international level, it can happen on a big stage, but it can also happen much smaller than that. Acts of service can happen in our own homes, acts of service can happen in our own communities, Acts of service can happen in our schools and in where we live. Some of the best experiences that I have had with acts of service has been on mission trips in a faraway land to Thomasville, North Carolina. I've made this trip three times with three different churches with the North Carolina Baptist Children's Homes, partnering with them in the North Carolina Baptist Aging Ministry, which you'll hear about in two weeks when Jim Edmondson, who happens to be my father-in-law, is coming to speak that morning about the children's home. Well, this past summer, a few of our youth went to Thomasville and did this trip. Basically, what we do is that the North Carolina Baptist Aging Ministry assigns us different aging adults in the area, Thomasville, Greensboro, High Point, in that area. We go to their homes and we do things that they need us to do. Well, this past summer, for those of you who went on this mission trip, we helped a lady move. Now, when I say that we helped a lady move, I mean that we helped a lady move. She had more stuff than I have ever seen someone have. She was probably uh, a a diagnosed hoarder. She liked to keep stuff. She had uh, just plastic cups that she would keep. I mean, she had stuff everywhere. We had a group of about 10 to 12 people who spent from about nine o'clock in the morning until dark that night, helping her move from one house to the next. We spent all day moving this lady. Now, often on on trips like this or in times where maybe you've done this before, that doesn't feel like mission work. You know what I'm saying? When you're packing boxes and picking them up and moving them from one house to the next, it's hard to find the Jesus in that. But the important thing that I've learned and the important thing that I think we can take away from this is that while that seemed like hard work and, and, and it may not have seemed like that Jesus was there, at the end of that day, that woman, her name was Miss Doris. Doris gathered us around and, and, and we circled up together and we prayed and, and she, she was fighting back tears and she, and she told us that, that, that we would never understand how much that that help meant to her. And so I think the important lesson that we can take away from this is that sometimes an act of service may not feel important. It may not feel like, you know, we're on a roof in uh, a different country or a different state and, and, and we're working hard, we're sweating for Jesus. It may not feel like that, but any act of service in the name of Jesus can make a difference in another person's life. And I think that's what we can take away from this here. I referenced James 2 earlier. It says in James 2 that faith without good deeds is dead. Now, hopefully at this point, you know, we know that uh, good deeds, good actions, good works is not what gets us into heaven. But the author of James tells us that faith without deeds, faith without acts of service for other people is worthless. So first, we had an absolute commitment. Second, we have acts of service. And then lastly, is an attitude of love. An attitude of love. We're gonna be talking about love a lot here in our church in the month of February. We're gonna be doing different things in our community and you're gonna hear about this idea a lot. The scripture that I'm gonna reference here is John 13, 34 through 35, and I'm going to read this since it's, since it's so short. Jesus is in his last days. He knows that his, the end of his time is coming, and he comes to his disciples, and he says this to him: my children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now where I am going, you cannot come, and here's the important part. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So Jesus' new command to his disciples is to love one another. Now I think what's interesting about this is that the concept of loving each other is is not new You can find this in Deuteronomy. You can find this throughout the Old Testament and in different parts of the Bible. The idea of another new commandment at all. So why does Jesus say a new command I give to you? It's not about the act of loving. It's about the way that we love. Jesus says that I have loved you so you must love one another. It's that we love others in the way that Christ loves us. Jesus' love is a sacrificial love and it's an unconditional love that shows no bounds. The best example of this sacrificial love that I have seen comes from when I was a senior in high school. I was on a mission trip in Red Springs, North Carolina. We just kind of did some local things in the area and one of the things that we did was we went to laundromats and we, we had quarters and we would go around and we would hand quarters to people who were doing laundry and, you know, pay for their laundry or we would leave quarters on top of laundry machines so when people showed up, you know, they had the money to pay for their laundry, just little things. But there was one lady that we met and we walked up to this lady and she didn't have anyone around her and she was in a walking boot, she had crutches. Um, and so we walked up to her and we started to talk to her. And she started to tell us a little bit about her life. And, and, and she told us that you know she had lost her family. Her, she didn't have any family around. She didn't have any friends in the area. She was alone. She didn't have anyone. She was just doing what she needed to do to get by. She was at this laundromat, and she had probably four or five baskets full of clothes, and so as we're talking to this lady, we're, you know, we'll help you take your, your laundry out to your car. And so we go out to her car and she has a pickup truck. And so we we put the four or five baskets into her pickup truck. And as we put them in, we're telling her, you know, do you have anything to to cover this or to strap this down or, you know, anything like that? And she said, well, no, you know, I don't really have anything like that. So we we began to tell her, you know, well, we're worried that as you start to go down the highway or as you start to go down the road, that these baskets may tip over, they may fall over the the edge of your truck, and and you're going to lose your clothes. Now, I want you to keep in mind, before I tell you her response, this is a lady that has lost everything. She has no family. She has no friends. She has no one. She's alone. She had some physical problems. She can't walk. This is a woman that is very down on her luck. She does not have much. And it would be easy f- for her to be angry, to be frustrated. But her response is so beautiful. As we, t- as we began to tell her, we're really worried that your clothes are going to fall out of your truck. She looked at us and she said, you know, if my clothes fall out of this truck and they land in the woods if someone comes by and picks them up, I take comfort in knowing that maybe those people did those clothes more than I did. And coming from a woman that had nothing, coming from a woman that was broken, that was alone, that's the kind of love for humanity that Jesus calls us to have. It's a sacrificial love that says it doesn't matter what it takes It doesn't matter how far I have to go. It doesn't matter what I have to give up. I'm going to love my fellow human. Jesus' love is sacrificial and it shows no boundaries. Our attitude of love in 2017 that ultimately will help us to become a better disciple of Christ ought to be modeled after Jesus by thinking of others first, and by extending our love to all people, even our enemies. So first, we had an absolute commitment. Second, we had acts of service. And then finally, we have an attitude of love. Now, I want to close this morning It may seem odd that I haven't referenced the scripture that Leah read, which I say thank you very much to both Leah and Casey Joe for reading scripture this morning. But I want you to turn with me, hopefully you're already there, to the book of John in the sixth chapter. And I'm, I'm referencing verses 53 through 56 and then verses 60 through 69. And the really important part, the part that I'm speaking on is, is, is towards the end of this. But I just wanted to give some some background first. So Jesus is, is, is speaking to a crowd of people and his 12 apostles, his 12 closest disciples are there. And as Jesus is speaking, he is talking about some pretty... Pretty crazy stuff. Now, to us, as we hear this message that Jesus is speaking of, you know, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Well, to us, as you know, modern Christians, we hear that and we we immediately think, oh, you know, the Lord's Supper. You know, this is this is uh, symbolically thanking Jesus, doing what Jesus told us to do. We got to remember when Jesus is preaching this, he had not been uh, crucified, he had not resurrected. When the people heard Jesus' message that said, I want you to eat my flesh and drink my blood, they're thinking, what is this guy talking about? If I stood in front of you this morning and told you that for lunch today you're gonna eat my flesh and drink my blood, I think I'd lose you at that point. I don't think many of you would stay. So these people in this crowd are hearing this and they're thinking, you know, what in the world is this guy talking about? This is just too much. This is just too much for me to follow. So what do they do? They start to walk away. They start to leave. One by one and in groups of people, they turn their back on Jesus and they leave. And they say, you know what? The cost of following you, it, it isn't worth it. It's not enough. And so they turn their backs on Jesus and they walk away and then one of the saddest things that ever happens happens at this point the 12 disciples the core friend group that Jesus has his core followers they begin to turn their backs and they start to walk away too and Jesus looks at them and I can just imagine the hurt the pain That Jesus feels at this point. His 12 closest friends have turned their back on him and they're beginning to walk away. And Jesus asks a very important question. In verse 67, as the disciples have turned their back on him, Jesus looks at his 12 disciples and he says, You don't want to leave two, do you? You're not going to leave two, are you? as we reflect on 2016 i i can speak for myself but i would i would say that probably many of us if not all of us at some point in 2016 we turned our backs on jesus maybe we were angry maybe we were mad maybe we were frustrated or we didn't understand why jesus did this why god took away that person that we loved I can just picture as we sit here today on January 1st, 2017, a new year, I picture Jesus looking at us as we have this refreshed new relationship with Christ. I can picture Jesus looking at us and he looks at that time in 2016 and he looks at you and he looks at me this morning and he says, you're not gonna leave too, are you? You're not gonna turn your back on me again Are you? The response from Peter, one of his closest disciples, speaks largely. I think it speaks volumes, and I think it should it should be our response in twenty seventeen as Jesus asks us that question as we reflect on our our past year. In verse sixty eight, Simon Peter answers. And he says, Lord, to whom shall we go? I want you to reflect on those words this morning. As you think about 2016 and the times that you may have turned your back on Jesus, you didn't feel like following him anymore, and Jesus looks down at you, and he's sad, and he says, you're not gonna leave, are you? I want our response to be of Peter's. Now when Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go, it's not Peter's response in saying, Lord, we don't have anywhere else to go. There's no one else to follow because that's not what Peter's saying. Just as with us, we have other options. There are plenty of idols, there are plenty of, of people that we could follow, plenty of things that we could be doing. So it's not that Jesus is our only option. It's that Jesus is our best option. So when Jesus looks down at at your year of 2016 and the moments where you may have have turned away from him and he says, You're not going to leave too, are you? We look at Jesus and we respond back and we say, Lord, to whom shall I go? Because there is no one better to go to. So I would encourage you this morning, in a new year, new expectations, new hope have a recommitment, a decision to follow Jesus more closely through an absolute commitment no matter the sacrifice, through acts of service to our brothers and sisters around us, through an attitude of love that shows no end. And the next time we turn our backs on Jesus, if we do so in 2017 and Jesus looks and he says, Lord, to whom shall? Here he says, you're not gonna leave too, are you? I hope that our response as more committed and devoted followers of Christ is, Lord, to whom shall we go? Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. It is a new year, and we're grateful for that. For many of us, 2016 brought pain and hurt and disappointment, and there's hope for 2017. God, I pray for each of us as we leave today. I pray that each of us would make this decision that on January 1st, 2017, the beginning of a new year, that through every day in the coming year, no matter the sacrifice, no matter how hard it gets, I pray that each of us would be committed, would be devoted to becoming a better follower of you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your love. We praise you for the blessings that the past year has brought us. We also praise you for the hurt and the pain that this last year has brought us because, Lord, you have made us a new creation. You have made it a new day and a new year. Lord, we put our faith and our trust in you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. I would invite you to respond today. I hope that the Lord has, has spoken to you In just a moment, we will sing what I think is a a very fitting song. We're gonna sing hymn 305, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. I'm gonna be down front. Keith will also be down front. If you wanna make that commitment this morning, we're down here if you would like to come talk to us. If you wanna make that commitment in your seat, in your mind, that's perfectly fine, but I I would encourage all of us to make the commitment to become better followers of Christ. So whatever it is that the Lord places on your heart this morning, I would invite you to respond to him as we stand and as we sing. Number
2: 305.